Welcome to more about officership, an open and honest discussion about officership in Australia. As we move towards One Australia Territory, host Captain Matt Rees is joined by officers from across the country to discuss the challenges and rewards of being an officer today. Okay, so joining us today for our Being a Mum in Ministry podcast, we have Lauren Stobie, Fiona Keane, Joe Brookshaw and Claire Reeves. So welcome to each of you. Uh, as we've, in our role as candidate secretaries, we've had this these like conversations with a lot of people. And one of the things that comes up is mums in ministry. So it's great that you're all able to be here. But I thought it'd be good at the very beginning just to kind of introduce yourself maybe your current appointment, who your family is, not like extended family, like we don't want to get into the tree, but um, just who who you are and um, what you're currently doing. So Lauren, we might start with you. All right. I am the core officer with my husband out at um, Whittlesea City Corps and we have two children, one, and we have a four-year-old daughter and a 11-month-old son <laughs> and yes, they keep us on our toes, so that's nice. <laughs> okay, good, thanks. Um, I'm Fiona. <laughs> um, I'm along with my husband, Matt, other core officers at Hobson's Bay Corps. Uh, we're in our seventh year there. Uh, we have a seven-year-old son, Samuel, a five-year-old daughter, Mackenzie, and a three-year-old son called Eli. Awesome. I'm Joe Brookshaw. I'm from um, Craigieburn Corps with my husband, Pete. And um, we've been there not as long as you, Fiona. Well, you know. <laughs> uh, nearly five years now. Uh, but I've got three kids. Uh, the oldest is eight, Shekinah, little girl. And I've got a six-year-old boy called Elijah. And my youngest is three and a half. And she's the vivacious Hosanna. She's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm Claire. I uh, am in a new appointment this year based out at Catherine Booth College, uh, coordinating the first five years program. So looking after officers who are in their first five years of ministry. And I'm married to you, Matt. You sure? It's, a, it's actually our wedding anniversary, isn't it? It oh, is. It's true. Oh, 13 years. 13 years? You guys oh must gosh. be old. 15. Anyway, <laughs> we have three daughters. We have three daughters. Sadie is nearly nine, Matisse is six, and Darby is four. And, yeah, like all the rest of you, keeping us on our toes. I don't want to digress. What year did we get married? Oh, 2002. Oh, okay. That'd be 15 years ago. That makes yeah, sense. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay, so being a mum in ministry, it's a pretty broad kind of topic and there's lots of different things we can talk about. But is it too easy to ask the question, what is it like being a mum in ministry? And if you think it's a very easy question to answer or if you want to get the ball rolling, um, fire away. I'll get the ball rolling. I think being a mum in ministry is busy and complex, but I don't think that's different from a mum doing any other kind of role, whether she's a full-time stay-at-home mum or juggling part-time work and kids. I think anyone with young children, no one would say it's an easy season. So in in one sense, being a mum in ministry um, is much the same as being a mum in any other phase of life. But um, yeah, I guess it, it presents unique challenges and uni- unique opportunities that are different from working um, mm. outside of ministry. So, Yeah, I completely agree with Claire. I think sometimes we can get caught in our own little box and think, oh, this is just me. But if you look around, if you have friends um, in the community anywhere uh, who are mums, you realise quite quickly that um, a lot of them are juggling the same kind of things. Um, but I think some of the pros of being a mum in ministry is that um, I have a very strong belief that when God called me to be an officer, he um, was calling my family um, and that he was going to provide for my children in that. Um, 
And there was no surprise to him that we are where we are and that we have three children. Um, and there's some real um, bonuses, I guess, in that that one of the privileges of being a mum in ministry is that we can actually, um, oh, that was going to come out bad, but I'll say it anyway, uh, <laughs> use our children in ministry. <laughs> um, let me explain use that a bit more. Let me, use let me explain that. Uh, so what I mean is um, as a, a young, as a mum with young children, uh, it's very easy to connect with other young mums with children in your community, in your core, at school, when you hit school age, um, and you are just another one of them. Uh, but the way that that can open up relationships and uh, doors into the community is actually absolutely huge, I think, too. And and I think another aspect, I'll, I'll stop after that because I could just keep talking, I think. But um, in our core and, and the fact that I said I think God has a plan for my children in my officership is, uh, I said we've been at our core for seven, well, six years in our seventh. Um, our kids don't remember, well, two of our kids were born there. One doesn't remember living anywhere else. They do have a ministry in our core. Um, our core didn't have small children in it for a long time before we came along. Uh, the previous previous officers had um, teenage children. So that was a whole new dynamic. And there are people in our core who've really adopted our children. Um, and I see them serving a role. You know, there's some kind of grandparent age people who don't have grandkids and, you know, they, they have their place um, in ministry. So that's a real pro, I think, of being a mum in ministry. Mm. Mm. I think also the great thing is there's so much flexibility in how you can um, explore, I guess, your calling in different different ways. And um, I think one benefit is um, that, well, officership to me is a bit like what you make it. And at this season in, in our life, it's different to perhaps, you know, 15 years from now or, or whatever. And so I think that at the moment for, for us, you know, Aaron does majority of the core work and I do a majority of anything to do with the children. Um, but that works for us and, and we're free to do that and yet still be classed as officers and still be be paid the same and still, you know, all that sort of stuff that other places you can't necessarily do. So um, there is a, a lot of support, I think. And I mean, I know that when I um, came off my maternity leave, my DC said to me, you you do this, you come back in whatever form this means. And if that means working from home, then that's what it means. If this means working some days in the office and some days at home, you know, you, you juggle it how you will. Um, based on your situation and, and whatever. And, and it's reassuring to have that support. So you go, okay. like, And I think most of the pressure comes from myself um, mm, in terms true, of, you know, true. actually being seen and, mm. and whatever so that people think that I'm, you know, pulling my weight when mm. I know that I am, but it's just sometimes people don't see that. But yeah. it's great to know that the, the Salvage Army in general actually supports that mm. and supports us being mums. Yeah, cool. So. Um, for me, uh, when I started as an officer, I, I had my baby right when I was commissioned. So that was my first child and that was kind of the start of my journey as an officer in ministry. And so it felt like being a mum and being an officer is all wrapped up all together because I haven't known any different. Um, but going into my first appointment far away from where I, where I call home, um, having a little baby was just a great way to meet people and get to know people because I could hand them my baby and immediately they softened and they were just welcoming and inclusive of me and my family because I had that that sense of um, we've got something new happening for us mm. and you're new for us as well. And we had that bit of coming together in ministry and as a family too. So it's been great. It's been great. Mm. What about like, is there barriers for family stuff? I know Fiona, you said about like a whole family 
is called to, to ministry in that. But are there some, like you're sort of on display mm-hmm. and I, as a male, yep. obviously, just so you know. Um, <laughs> like there is, a, there is a sense of, like what you said, Lauren, too, like I, I need to be there so people know that I am there. Um, but you've got young family and like there's, a, like I know the family's cool, but how do, you, how do you manage that? How do you manage the, I, I, I still play a pivotal role in the life of a core, but I'm not as visible, perhaps, and that's I'm making an assumption, so just tell me I'm wrong. But I know, like, for us, that was probably our story mm-hmm. in Adelaide, that we both ran the core, mm-hmm. but people saw me and heard me a lot more, not in terms of the preaching stuff, but just during the week. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean that I wasn't being yeah. guided. Yeah. I think one, one thing that I struggle with is because majority of my work is admin-based, it's very easy to not class that as ministry because yeah. it's just admin. And <laughs> and whereas Aaron gets out to be out with people and out, you know, out doing all the services at all the nursing homes and this, that and the other, and, and I tend to be the one that's at in the office doing that. And I think for a while it sort of was a hard thing to get my head around the fact that what I was doing is just as significant. And in actual fact, a lot of what he's doing couldn't happen if I wasn't doing my bit. But... And so, I, you know, it's a real mind shift, I think, to work that we're working together as a team to, um, you know, introduce people to Jesus and, and to do this this job. It's not it's not just one or doing it more than the other. It's just like, yes, it can be seen as that, but I think it's – and I think you've still got to, like, in a sense, make your mark in some area and, and fight for that. For me, that's been a hard thing because Aaron is obviously very – he just loves his job so much. Um, sometimes I do have to actually fight to – have my time where I can sort of not not where I can shine, but where I can do my things that are, that I'm passionate about. Because it's very easy to lose yourself, I think, and in your kids, and then you sit there going, "Hmm, what am I actually passionate about? What do I like? What makes me me? And makes me why did God call me to to officership? What else can I give? And I think that that's been that is a bit of a hardship because you can get lost in your kids, but um, but there is the chance to really like if you're working together. Pro- properly to actually both, but it is a mind shift, I think, and sort of going, okay, what my bit is, is just as important as yeah. what his is. It's just different. Yeah, I think that's the real key to it, um, that you're in the relationship that you have with your husband, that you, you work with each other's strengths and weaknesses and that um, as you find something you're passionate about, as you find something that you're able to do with your kids in ministry, you go for it and you kind of back each other up on that. So for me and Pete, it's opposite to what you guys have. Pete does lots of the admin and I go and do mainly music and he's like, oh, you just get to play with kids sometimes. <laughs> he thinks that. And I'm like, well, no, actually that's a really great ministry because I can do this with my children and connect with other mums and get out there in the community and um, yeah, and really <clears throat> kind of flourish in that space. Um, so going in into ministry with that sense of partnership and working out where you can both fit and how you can make it work together, I think is really important. I sometimes think it's a bit like being self-employed really um, because your time for the most part, and I guess in as, especially as a core officer, um, your time kind of is your own and, and you are only really accountable to... I guess, God and yourself for that time. Um, so sometimes you do have to develop um, as one of uh, my favourite, as my favourite training principal you say, like a Teflon coding sometimes about um, other people's thoughts and perceptions about what you uh, do as ministry. Um, and the other, I guess, on the other side of that is you also um, 
I guess I've always said ministry is not, it's not a job, it's a lifestyle. And um, recognising the parts of that lifestyle, like sometimes, um, yeah, I probably do more of the admin um, uh, in in our place. And yeah, sometimes I sit behind there, but I don't actually enjoy that ministry. So I can do it sometimes, I think. Some people don't think I can maybe. But uh, <laughs> I can do the bits that need to be done. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't necessarily enjoy it. So then it's making sure, okay, well, hang on a minute. Um, for example, on a Mondays, we change our schedule. So I do mainly music with Eli. He's our only one at home uh, now. Well, the other two are at home, but school. <laughs> <laughs> He's the only one not at school, I should say. Uh, so I do mainly music with Eli, which is a, a privilege. Um, and then Matt comes along and takes Eli to swimming lessons after mainly music's finished. And then he looks after him the rest of the day. And I do, um, you know, whatever else it might be, whether I visit or um, whether I do sermon prep or something like that. So, yeah, looking at as 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 your life is ministry, ministry is a lifestyle and figuring out how that works. Now, has it taken me seven years as a mum to get it perfect? No, because life as a mum always changes. So And seasons too. Like, so the, yeah. then all the kids are at school and yep. then all the kids are on holidays. And, yep. then, and then you have one at school, one at kinder, one at childcare. And, and don't even get us started when one gets sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> in my case, when they, when they all get sick. That's right. And they always and get sick on a childcare day for sure. Of course. Yeah. True. I think I'll, I'll just piggyback on what Fiona was saying about um, ministry as a lifestyle. And I think the, one of the barriers comes when I fall into the trap of co- of compartmentalising yeah. life and saying, well, this is classed as ministry and, and this is classed as being at home. So I'm not, not actually in ministry when I'm doing stuff with the kids. But then I can't remember someone early on in in parenting told me that, you know, your children are your first congregation. And I thought, I don't, like, I'm in this for a long haul. Like, I don't want this to be a sprint. I want it to be a marathon in terms of being an officer. And I don't want to get to the end of my journey and look back and think, actually, I kind of, you know, sacrificed my kids on the altar of ministry. And really, they're who God called me to first. So um, really, and it's, it's just a it's a pendulum swing because I always go back there and think oh, I'm not doing enough ministry. And then I think, no, it's okay. It's all ministry. And then oh, I'm not doing enough ministry. Oh, it's okay. It's all, like, it's, it's just this constant to and fro. But I think as the years go by, I'm getting better at um, not feeling guilty about spending time with my kids because I think, you know, particularly when they're young, you only get that time once and it goes so quickly. And um, yeah, I want to honour God the best way that I can being a mum to the young ones. And going with what you were saying too about seasons, I think like this, the hardship for me was coming out of college, you know, you have all these great plans in college of what you're going to do as an officer and then you get out and you're like, and I've got kids. <laughs> and I can't do any of them. Like, and so, you know, but that's that's a reality that, you know, they, they do, kids do in a sense hinder all the great plans, some of the great plans that you may have or one of you can do it and not both of you and, and so you, there's sacrifices there but I think it is a season and so one day yeah. we may be able to, you know, do those things and it just might not be right now and so I think it's it's good to keep that in your mind and go, okay, like it's not going to be forever <laughs> like, and and there's other things I can do with, with them and they're just as important yeah. just because they might not be as grand. Um, they, they, you know, they're just as important so... 
I've heard people talk about the, the balance of ministry as like spinning plates, but I really hate that analogy because it has that sense of stress, like you're going to break something. Um, I like to think about it as if it's, it's like we're on a beach and it's the ebb and flow of the tide. So sometimes the tide's in and you're like scrambling to find ground and other times the tide is out and you've got room to kind of run and have fun and stuff like that. Um, so that sense of kind of having those times when you've got like freedom to, to be and to do things with your family is really good. And then there's other times where you just have to kind of rush with what life throws at you and, and make do. But it's okay because the seasons change and the tides come and go. I think too it's important that you have a good communication with your husband, I guess, and be on the same page with the fact that, like we were saying before, in terms of um, if one is out doing a lot and the other one is, is is with the kids more or whatever, then it is very easy for one to be seen as the core officer and the other one, like, you know, oh, that other one that comes occasionally. Um, and, and, you know, I, I definitely, you know, have... Oh, I don't think I've actually fully been, a, like, told that I'm the assistant officer, but I might as well be, like, because, you know, Aaron's the officer and unless they've spoken to him... It, it doesn't matter what I said beforehand, like, it, it doesn't matter. And I did get get referred to as the children's worker once um, because I ran the children's program, so that made sense. And uh, and so that, that can be hard, but I think it's up to your husband actually reaffir- reaffirming to the congregation that actually we're a team in this and, and that we're both ac- actually equals. It's not... Mm. I think if they're guided by him a lot too or the other way around, whoever's, whoever's doing more of the... Um, out the front ministry, I think it can be guided by them as to, you know, go and speak to to Lauren about that or go and speak to Aaron about that because that's their area, not just, oh, yeah, I'll make decisions for everyone because I'm here. Do you, like, do you, you know. Can I ask, do you guys share public ministry? Yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we alternate weeks <laughs> at leading and preaching. Yeah. Yep, so we're both, yeah, I'd say we share that 50-50 up front on a Sunday. Um, yeah. You guys yeah. as well? Yeah, um, similarly, um, Pete loves preaching more than I do, so I let him have a little bit more leeway there. Um, <laughs> but I love worship leading. So, um, yeah, we, we, we manage um, Sunday ministry. We, we share it. Yeah. We're good, good at sharing. Yeah, I think our core people have learnt too. I guess we've had the, um, the blessing of being somewhere a bit longer too. They know that, um, like you said, it's, it's kind of up to the husband and Matt is very um, good like that with, uh, in our situation, um, much so to the point that he's not very great with his diary sometimes, so he kind of has to check with me. So <laughs> when anyone asks him something, he usually will say, you need to check with Fiona or I have to check with Fiona. Um, and so I guess from that that side of things, that that um, I guess changes things too probably. Mind you, my, mm. my situation is different because Aaron was there by himself. That's right. Well, that's with, what I was and thinking. And then had a different assi- associate officer and then uh, had me. Yeah. And now we've got an assistant officer as well, so it gets very confusing. Yeah. So he's the constant of the last five years. So yeah. in a sense, it, it makes sense that he is yeah. the officer. Yeah, and that's different. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. What about um, – so – Talking to people exploring ministry, um, like where you've been called from, so like people from different fields and people say, oh, I actually spoke to a lady not long ago who worked in childcare and she said, oh, I could never be an officer because I've only ever done childcare. Mm. Um, but yet felt... It's a, pretty much what you do as an officer. <laughs> no, but <laughs> but <laughs> like I, I kind of felt really sad yeah. that for some reason, like because God calls people from all sorts yep. of... yeah journeys and experiences mm. um what what are you, what's your experience what what did god call you from um i did a bit of 
youth ministry to start out in my journey in ministry. So I was engaged in doing youth group and stuff like that and children's ministries. Uh, in terms of my career, I was training in multimedia and doing graphic design and things like that and I actually got to work here at THQ for a little while um, and I loved that. That was great to be doing that um, and I felt really fulfilled doing that but still nagging always in the back of my mind is that God wanted me to do, be doing ministry with people and mm. sitting at a computer even though I was serving in the Salvation Army in that way um, was not what God was really calling me to. So I felt that that kind of drag. God, God was dragging me to, to the, the thing that he had called me to. Um, so that's where I'm from and, and where I'm still heading. He still uses my gifts in, in what I do now, but um, he's called me definitely to be a core officer in the Salvation Army. Yeah. I was a high school teacher and um, teaching high school, <laughs> funnily enough. Um, and Actually, I'd taken some. I'd been doing that for a couple of years, and I took actually took some time off to go overseas, where, which is where I met Matt. Um, and while I was over there, I was running a, um, I guess like a Salvo Gap Year program in in the ghetto in Toronto, um, mission and discipleship training program they had there. And um, yeah, but that's what I was doing. But I I think yeah, it is kind of sad that somebody would say that I think God calls people with all different gifts mm. and I think a childcare workers and I marvel at them actually yeah, because yeah. Um, they give far much more love than I think sometimes I could give to <laughs> those little children at your feet all day long. Um, but yeah, and I think the most important thing as an officer is your um, your love for God and your yeah. commitment yeah. to him. And I don't really think it matters what you do if you've got degrees, no degrees. I don't think, I think that's yeah. all completely relevant um, to how God can use somebody as an officer. Yeah. Good. Well, I was a childcare person. <laughs> you're I was amazing, also a, was also a junior primary teacher, uh, but that's ultimately where I came out of and then was the children's ministries coordinator or the equivalent of a, the DY's wife, <laughs> the children's um, person, I guess, um, in South Australia before I went to college. So, yeah, I guess that it is. And it's, in, it's interesting, though, because I never wanted to be anything but that and I wanted to to be what to be but to be anything. children's oh, okay based. yep got it just checking I just I just wanted to be yes um, to be children's based and um, and now actually it's the part that least interests me about uh, about ministry is being with children um, probably because I'm at home <laughs> with them and they're everywhere um, you know we are talking about being a mother yes, <laughs> but no but it's it's the part that I don't want I don't want to be just stuck in children's ministries like and and that's the part that I think that now I go oh man no one else is doing Sunday school I've got to do it again like whereas that's what I loved before and I think it was one of the things that because I was very much well, I'm not doing it, God. I'm not going to college. I'm not going to be an officer because I don't like people other mm. than children. Um, <laughs> and so he really changed that in in me and so gave me a passion for like, everyone or probably more families ministries, I think, uh, than perhaps than elderly. That's more Aaron's uh, Aaron's area. But, but it, he really gave me a, a passion for sort of everyone and took away the passion that I had just for children. And so it was quite... Um, sort of, I thought, quite amazing, really, that something that I wanted to do since I was, like, you know, such yeah. a little kid has, is, is, I'm okay with. And I have no desire, like, if people go, oh, would you ever go back? No, not at all. Like, okay. it doesn't interest me at all to go, to go back and do yeah. teaching, so. Uh, lastly, me, I, um, I do have a science degree and I was sort of working towards um, doing something in the medical field, 
Uh, but in that process, we sort of had these discussions about ministry and um, so kind of left that behind and then worked um, for the government's analytical laboratories in administration for a couple of years before we started. Yeah. I know. No, I know. I no, one, no one around the table knows what that is. No. Yes. Can you I tell don't, us I don't, I, don't think <laughs> I can't tell you what they did there. Um, but, and then, yes, sort of similar to Joe, I guess, sort of started in... Um, dipping my feet into youth ministry and um, and sort of getting more involved from that point. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, I think that's really important because, you know, like I said, this conversation that I had, it it kind of was sad that someone thought that God was calling them but their current role would mm. would negate, that, that wouldn't happen. I just yeah. thought that was, yeah. so it's good to hear the, the stories. Mm. What is it like um, in a family when you, you know, the the army appointment system sort of moves people around. Um, and I mean, in some cases, your family move away. In other cases, you know, we move away. How do you, how do you deal with that? Like, I know there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that comes with that. But have you got, a, I mean, you had a new baby and yeah, went yeah. To, to... up to Northern Territory to Palmerston. So that yeah. was my, my first appointment, um, six-week-old baby. Um, and from what I remember, <laughs> from what I remember of the experience, um, when they told me I was going to Palmerston, my immediate thought was, oh, no, mum's not going to like this. Because <laughs> um, I was just having a baby and I knew that for her being a grandma was really, really exciting. Um, so having my family far away from where I was going to be, um, I found that tough being a new mum. Um, but in terms of changing appointments and things like that, um, it was great up there because my family would come and visit me and they had free accommodation and they and we got to do all the touristy things, so that was really cool. Um, but moving back down here, when it came to talking to my kids about moving, they were still really young, so they didn't quite understand what was going on. Um, but for me, I always saw it as an adventure that we got to go somewhere different and meet new people and get involved in a different um, part of the world. Um, so that's how I approached it with my kids. And they, they loved the idea of we're going to make new friends, we'll get to see some of our family again and be closer to them. And um, even when they missed um, their old friends from up, up north, we would, we would look at them on Facebook and say, oh, look, this is what they're up to and really involve them in the fact that we don't leave people behind completely. Mm. We still have that connection with people. People in the past, yeah. I guess from from our experience, we've only just uh, moved in, you know, five months ago, um, having been in one place for eight years. And so when we arrived in Adelaide, we only had uh, one six-month-old baby. So our younger two were born there. It was all, all three of them really new. Um, even though all of our family were really based in Melbourne, um, we'd sort of made Adelaide our home. We'd made a lot of people there, our family stand-in people. Um, so um, it was interesting. A lot of people assumed, oh, you must be so relieved you're finally going home to Melbourne. But it was actually quite a huge wrench for us and for our children as well. Um, and so I think, um, yeah, similar to what Fiona said earlier, like I, I believe that God um, called me into ministry and I believe he knew that we would have three children at one point and I believe he knew that these three children would all have very different personalities, very different ways of dealing with change um, and would just hold all of that um, and honour that commitment that we've made to him to be in ministry. Um, and so in that, it doesn't mean that transition is completely smooth and bump-free and um, no one's upset by the process. There's... Um, yeah, there's def- definitely been some difficult weeks in in this um, this process, but um, yeah, similar to Joe, I think you know the way we've approached it is to kind of focus on the positives, not to 
dismiss the um, grief that they're feeling, not to say, oh, it'll be okay, you'll make new friends, um, not to dismiss it but to honour how they're feeling. But in that to say, you know, but God has something new for you here as well and to... Um, it's not just about mummy and daddy have a new job and um, it's about all of us as a family are going on a new adventure and yeah. God wants to do something new. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of the questions about motherhood and ministry come back to like, it's just a tension. You have to hold it and sometimes you have to go one way and sometimes you have to go another. Yeah. I'm just curious myself, how are they fitting into the new school? Uh, they're doing really well now. Um, so the elder two are at school, the youngest is at, at kinder. So... And our youngest is probably a little like yours if by mm. personality, what you said before, <laughs> the life of the party and yeah. um, happy anywhere she goes. But, uh, yeah, the older two, um, yeah, it took it probably took the whole first term really to, um, to be okay with it. Um, probably lots of tears very early on, lots of anxiety about um, I don't fit in here, everyone's already got their friends. Um, but, yeah this term has been, yeah, really amazing and they're, they're just starting to flourish now and really blossom and it's, yeah, I guess it's affirmation that, you know, when you're obedient to what God's calling you to do, yeah, he honours it. Yeah. I haven't, we haven't had to move. We're kind of where you were before you moved, so that's a bit scary. But um, I guess to, in terms of my kids, they don't, like I said, they don't know anything else yet. Um the, we kind of briefly talk to them like, oh, yeah, you know, one day we won't be here forever. We will move. And their only thing is that when we move, they want to move into a two-storey house. So <laughs> I said that may not happen. <laughs> really, yeah, that's right. Please, if you're moving us, make it a two-storey house. Um, but uh, I guess think about it from my perspective. We, before we were officers, we didn't even have family around Matt and I's, you know, all of our families on the opposite side of the world. So that was kind of our scenario before we even came into it. So that's kind of a normal thing for us not to have. And I've got some wonderful aunts and cousins who are um, on the opposite side city, kind of the same place, but uh, it's not quite the same. But um, it's interesting though, uh, it's just not, I think it's far more common to not, to live in a place without family um, than it used to be too. I, I, laughed and I often share this story the couple of maybe two years ago I was out with a bunch of my mum friends in Altona and I sat we're sitting around the table and I looked at them all and I am we were all what I called part of mixed marriages so I looked around the table and one of them's Scottish one of them's Irish one of them's from Sweden one of them's from England and then I was the only Australian born there who was married to a Canadian and the other four of them were married to Aussies Mm -hmm. so um to have these kind of split families um with people well in this situation and you know on the opposite side of the world is not really a unique thing anymore. People, families are often split up. So yeah. in some ways, if you want to look at an upside of it, there are people who understand and can relate and, um, you know, you can share share stories with about experiencing that kind of thing. Well, in some senses, the world's a lot smaller than it's ever been. Yeah. Isn't it? Like with other yeah. ways of connecting with people. Yeah. I yeah. think, yeah, my kids, I, I always say that my kids know their grandparents. Um, when we were, I'm an officer's kid and when we were small, we... Um, lived in Scotland for a few years and um, both only had two grandmas left at that time and they might come across and stay with us for, you know, six weeks or whatever at a time. And then it was like mainly letters and maybe a phone call if something, you know, serious happened. Um, Whereas now, actually this morning, it's my dad's birthday and Samuel grabbed my phone and started messaging my dad and my dad messages right back and, you know, they know them because they see them on Skype and, yeah, the world is a lot smaller. So it doesn't make it always easier, but... Um, I, well, mm. no, 
it does make it easier. <laughs> it doesn't always take the pain away, but it does no. make it easier. Yeah, mm. that's good. Because you lived in Scotland, do you love bagpipes? Of course. Great. I walked down the aisle to bagpipes. Did you? Yeah, I did. I'll play you the song one day. Yes. <laughs> okay, I'll digress. Um, so kids, all, their, all our kids I say that, um, are quite young, but two of your officers' kids... Any expectations on officers' kids that are different to other kids? Did you notice anything growing up? I kind of think that because kids are always there, they're always with you, um, whether people think that there's different expectations? Possibly. Um, I never really felt it as an officer's kid. Um, well, you didn't meet them. <laughs> Maybe. Your mum might have uh, felt them. That's right. <laughs> mum and dad might have felt them, but I didn't I didn't notice them. I just sailed on through. Yeah. Um, one thing I was, uh, I guess, speaking on the idea, I hadn't thought about this before, but no, I've thought about this before, but not in terms of today. Um, one thing I was really thankful for that my parents did um, was they always kind of protected us from... I guess, the ins and outs of ministry. I mean, we saw them doing it, we we're involved in it, but um, the things that we didn't need to know as kids, we didn't know mm. um, to the point where even when we, I was a late teenager, late age teenager, early 20s, when mum and dad were still core officers at the core I was attending, sometimes people would come to me and say, oh, well, can you believe this is happening? Can you believe this person said this? And I'd be like, I've got no idea what you're talking about. I don't even know the situation. Um so I really, that's something I guess I'd encourage people in ministry to be aware of how much um, you involve your children in that because, yeah, I guess I, so I, maybe that sort of protection was also offered in the series of, um, I guess, in connection to, you know, the expectations that they didn't allow us to feel that if they were there. Mm. Um, so well done, mum and dad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then they protected us in, in ministry too, to, to not know things that we just, as yeah. kids, did not need to know. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, similar to Fiona, I don't think I, I felt those expectations as a kid growing up. I think probably now as a mum of children and having been a core officer for a number of years, I th I think, you know, those expectations are probably ones that I place on them because I think other people expect them to be better behaved than they are or to always be on, you know, happy with a smile on their face when sometimes they're not. Mm. Um, Talk to people and, and be nice. Yes, and, yeah, that's right. Use your manners and, <laughs> yeah. you know, but, you know, they're, they're don't just... Don't climb on that. They're, that's right. Don't, don't lie on the mercy <laughs> seat <not>? like that. <laughs> um, Take your cars yeah, off the mercy seat. Right. <laughs> so it's... I, um, so I think that's sort of a self or a self expectation that I sort of think, oh, people are looking at... People, are, you know, always watching us. People are looking at us. But at the end of the day, they... They don't care that they're officers' kids; they're just kids, yeah. and they will just do what other kids do. Yeah. So it, it's. I think it's interesting with that, like, because I I know that if Aaron or I were up the front and another child, a person's child came up, you'd involve them. You'd be like, "Oh yeah, great," you know, and not try and make a big scene of the fact that really they're in the way there or whatever. <laughs> Whereas your own kids, you're like doing the whole, you know, looking Sit at your down. partner, going, "Sit down." <laughs> you know, and as if like you know, they're not allowed there, and it's because yeah. well, it's my kid now, so I'm yeah. allowed to like, or not allowed to, but I I feel like people yeah. will expect me to do something about it yeah. from here instead yeah. of just trying to make it yeah. as seamless as I would any other job. But yeah. like, you know, it's it is because it's your own. You tend to go, oh come on, people are looking. Yeah, get, yeah. get off there. But, but truthfully, you're looking at that the parents of that child thinking. 
Just come what, and get your talk. <laughs> what, what, what do you think is possibly going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it, I think it is that thing where there is, like like you said, you can place a lot of expectation on them to not be normal children yeah. because, well, people will question my parenting and I'm out the front <laughs> and I'm trying to do this and I'm trying to do, you like you know, and it's just, you know, you expect your kids to actually please behave yourself on a Sunday. <laughs> if, feel like no your, other day of the week. Do you ever feel like your parenting's on display? Yes. Yeah, so I just wanted to share a story. <laughs> this is all bringing back lots of memories. Um, about two weeks ago, I had my youngest daughter, the lively one, in the front row with me in church. And the other two kids were being great. They were sitting with other families, um, but she was not wanting to be part of it. And so she was making a bit of a fuss wanting to go play with something. And I said to her, oh, just sit down. We're going to listen to Daddy because Daddy was talking. I said, just sit down and listen to Daddy. And she starts by saying, I don't want to listen to Daddy. And then I said, no, just sit down, it's okay. And she says, I don't want to listen to Daddy. And from that point, it got louder and louder. (laughs) About 20 times she says, I don't want to listen to Daddy. I'm like, this is not looking good for everyone else who can see you in the front row. So there Did anybody this. else in the congregation say, no, I didn't <laughs> we don't want to either. We don't want to either. I reckon I was just, um, oh, no, I think I forgot what I was going to say. What was I going to say? Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, I think it really helps to, um, I just, I think, to be honest um, with your church whatever, or whatever your position is with the people around you as to what is going on in life um, because then they start to remember that you are parents of young children. Yeah. Um, I think Matt's, none of our children were great sleepers. They weren't the worst out there, but they certainly were not the best. And, um, yeah, so in those foggy years, <laughs> might still be in them a little bit, but in those really foggy years, um, I remember people would often say to us, how are you this morning? And you'd be like, tired, you know, <laughs> and now there's one, still one man in our congregation and he's lovely and he care, genuinely cares. He says, how are you this morning? Are you tired? <laughs> it's like, actually, you're doing okay these just days. Just always assume I'm yeah. tired. <laughs> just always assume for those couple of years. Just, But yeah, I think when the more honest you are, you're like, actually, the kids have done this today. Instead of just saying, good, you know, because you think you have to have it all together, yeah. that you don't. You just need to be honest and say, actually, we've had an awful week and this has happened and this one's sick and that one's, you know. Yeah. Um, so how do you manage the... Like, the vulnerability versus the oversharing, you know, like how do you – is there a fine line? Like because, I, I, I mean, I, I often would tell stories like when I'd, you know, preach about my yes, family and <laughs> and not not to make me feel normal, just to make everybody feel normal that this is what sort of families are like. And, that. and yeah. I and I know that there was probably times where I probably told more than I should have and all that sort of stuff. I'm but, sure the congregation appreciated it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe some. not. But, but there was always key people at the core that knew what was going on for us. Yeah. Yeah. So there was sort of like, the, ha-ha, that's a funny story and, you know, have a giggle. Yeah. But deep down there was always something underlying it. Like, yeah. do you have key people in ministry that you talk to and say, this is actually really what's going on. It'll look like this, but this is actually really what's, what's I, going on. I think, on. yes, and I think they're what, um, preferably people that can shield, like who are, are people that other people might go to and go, oh, gee, you know, what's what's happening today? Well, actually, you know, just maybe cut them some slack because, you know, you don't know what's got Like, you know, and so people that can sort of shield you from people's, you know, ex- people's expectations that you have it all together. Um, and I think that's that's sometimes my thing. I'm like, I feel like I need to have it all together. And then and then what I, what I struggle with with some of the young mums is when we go out to coffee or whatever, I'm like, am I here pastorally or am I here as friends? Because it's, you know, I think there is a bit of a difference because you're like, like, I don't know how much I can share with you 
of just me falling apart mm. <laughs> or actually do I need to hold myself together because you've actually got problems so feel free to like you know so it's it's sometimes hard to know exactly what what role you're taking with some of them and um and sometimes you know you do have to just expect that life will get you down sometimes and that's okay whereas in, I think because we feel like if we're if we're preaching to someone about you know this that and the other, then we need to actually be good yeah. at doing what what we're actually preaching about. And I think I don't know. I think I've kind of thrown that line away these days, and I think it's kind of that ministry is lifestyle, lifestyles ministry, whatever. Um, and sorry, which line did you throw? Which away? one? Thrown, oh. I've thrown away the line in between. Is this ministry or is oh, it? Oh, sorry, sorry. Me, okay. yeah, that yep. it's all blended, meshed, mm. whatever you want to do, and. And I think, I guess I probably just base it more on, okay, are these people, like, are they my inner circle? Are they my, you know, besties or are they, you know, where are they in relationship to me as to how much I divulge? Not necessarily, is this somebody who I should be, you know, um, because, yeah, in some situations, you, and, and I'm sure you do this anyway, Lauren, but in some situations you would share certain things that, you know, are maybe quite deep and close with somebody who's not so close to you and, and other times you only would share that with somebody who is close. And, um, yeah, I think it's just you've got to take it as it comes and just always be, I guess, praying through it all and figuring out what's right when it's right and, yeah. I guess it's the whole, there is, there, you, you know, work-life balance, you know, which a lot of people talk about. Like the question of how do you manage it? Well, the, the probably the bigger question is does it exist? And then figuring out your own way. And that's when you try not to, compartmentalise work and then mm. real life and then whatever. If it, it is just who you are, yeah. you know, it's what we're called yeah. to be. I don't. I think the answer is no. I don't think it exists. Mm. I've not met anyone really who's claimed to ever have it worked out and in ministry different. or otherwise. It's different. Every appointment, every, like, yeah. st- stage of life, every, like, every, there's always... Yeah. And even every know, day is different. Yeah, like, right. the you know, I think when, um, you know, one child's having an emotional day where they just need you to be present with them. And so, yeah, your tension goes to that side. And then, but then the next day, it, it, it's not, it's not a, it, I don't even think it's a seasonal thing. I think it's just a daily shift of, of recognizing, you know, these children need me, my family, well, this, my family needs me, but I have ministry, you know, responsibilities. Yeah. And just praying through it saying, okay, God, I, I can't be in two places at once, guide me to where I need to be or guide me yeah. to where I need to, to shift my balance on this day. And then tomorrow it's going to be different again. So it's yeah. just that kind of, yeah, listening to that inner prompting and, yeah, just being sensitive to it, I think. And the moment you think you've got to figure it figured out, it all turns to rubbish anyway. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. So. All right. Um, what about study? You know, people that are involved in, you know, if you people are exploring ministry and they might, whether it's through the college or whether it's through auxiliary lieutenancy or, you know, um, any other means. Like, how, how do you handle study? Like, if you've got young families, I don't know if you guys studied with young families or if you continue to study with young families. Like, I think it's just such another layer of mm. – it one, It just oh, – I, I can see what would be overwhelming, not just mm. for mums in Michigan, but anyone really. Yeah. Because no one sort of says, I've got two free days. What am I going to do that? I think I'm going to do a, yeah, you know, like it just, it doesn't exist. So like, how do you, how have you managed that? Or mm. how do you continue to manage that? Uh, for me, when I, uh, we had to do a little bit of study post um, commissioning 
um, for Pete and I. And we were in Northern Territory at the time. So we had a, had a lot to do online when it came to study. So that kind of helped us out a little bit because we could just kind of shut ourselves in the study and um, in the office and just do a bit of that stuff and, and take it as it came in terms of doing assignments. But when it comes to studying at like timetabled sort of times, um, that becomes a little bit more difficult, especially when both of you needed to be doing study um, in a semester. And um, you, you really have to kind of have a bit of a to and fro about who's doing what subject, what time do we have to do this? Should you do an intensive or should you do like a semester long subject? Um, it can be a bit awkward um, when it comes to making time for that, especially when you've got a bit of travel in, involved in that as well. Sometimes it can take a whole day out of your week just to, to go to, to classes and things like that. Um, but I think the benefit is that it keeps your, um, your, kind of, your brain growing and, and learning and keeping you kind of switched on to some different things um, that you come across in your theology and in your ministry. Um, so I think it's important to always learn, but in terms of mm. the practicalities of that, that's where it gets tricky. Mm. Mm. I kind of, uh, I had a newborn baby in college. Well, I had a baby, I guess, as a cadet. Um, so uh, I was already in the study mode and then uh, for the first little bit of his life, I guess it was kind of baby and study, you know, babies trying to sleep because he didn't do that very well, read a bit of book, you know, oh, pick up baby and maybe, you know, um, but that kind of helped, I guess, set up for the next couple of years because I continued doing study when we'd finished college. Um, and I guess that was, I actually um, like studying. Maybe that's a bit weird, but I do. Such a teacher. Um, such a teacher. <laughs> uh, I, I like it. But part of the thing I liked about it, especially as a young, having young kids around, was that it, this was the time that was carved out that I knew I could go and sit and do, you know, something that was, you know, um, I guess for me, but for my my brain, I guess as well. Not play school. Um, not play school. Um, and I, I enjoyed the accountability of that because when you do have small children around and I think some, we're nearly all in a similar position where I had three preschoolers at one point, um, you know, to try and have a time where you sit and, you know, you get jealous of people say, oh, yeah, I do my daily devotions at this time every day. And you're like, how on earth does that even fit when you've got three kids at your feet, you know? Um but that was a time it was like, okay, this is where I know. And maybe not always, but at least I knew I was, you know, reading and studying certain things uh, with some of the classes I took. And I found that really helpful. Yeah. I guess from an accountability sense when I, when I did have young kids to be doing that. Mm. So that's just another aspect, I guess. What about leadership development stuff? Um, one of the, one of the phrases that fascinates me is when people refer to um, married women as a leader in their own right. I've never heard of a male referred to as a leader in their own right. So I, I know the... They're just the leaders. The undercurrent. <laughs> they don't well, need I, in their own right. You know, undercurrent. But I have to say, as a, a married uh, person, that I've been to a lot of leadership development stuff mm. where it's been full of other yeah. men, yeah. Um, male officers, because mm. it's probably the default... Look, you know, you stay home with the kids for a week and I'll go, you know. How very humble of me. Um, <laughs> but I'm not alone, so I don't – and I'm, I'm I'm just being honest. Like I think yep. that's and – I, and I think there's – so there's the study stuff, but the leadership development stuff, there is almost this sense for me, and maybe I'm wrong, that like guys kind of get a bit of a head start because they go to all the stuff and then mm. how does that – I don't know. Maybe that's our story. I don't um, know. Maybe that no, would you yeah, see I, that as... I, I think I'm being honest here when I say uh, I don't think I've ever been invited to a leadership something by the Salvation Army. 
Um, yeah, no, don't think that's happened. So, yeah. Maybe okay. it's assumed from from up top too that we like that it will be more likely that the woman will stay home. So between the two of us, it's yeah. Or perhaps, sometimes yeah. we are we are more likely to say, "Oh, you go." It's no. okay. because I wouldn't. Sometimes be well, I wouldn't. <laughs> I'd be I like, "See I you later." <laughs> but I bet then, yeah, I think yeah. we're very fifty fifty in our ministry. Maybe yeah. more so than others, but yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it comes back a, a little bit for you know speaking personally that um, what. Lauren said before about, you know, losing yourself a little bit in your kids and, you know, similar to Fiona at one stage, we had three kids under five and, um, you know, that essentially takes up all of your time. <laughs> and, um, and after a few years of that, it is a little bit of that lost confidence in, in leading and, and you're a bit out of practice and you feel a bit awkward and you're not quite sure how to re-enter when, you know, one of them starts school or kindy and you've got a little bit more free time to engage in ministry stuff. So I think, um, I don't know, I don't know what the answer is about, about combating that, but there is, I guess there is a sense that, you know, we do want to spend this time with our children when they're young, but it sort of takes us a little bit off the field. And when, when it comes time to kind of re-engage, we've lost a bit of confidence. We've lost a few of those opportunities to to develop as leaders, and so we're not really quite sure where to start. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know the answer. Maybe just well, just get yeah. in there and do it. But um, I think we're a bit our um, we're a bit the organisation's a bit um, a bit all over the shop when it comes to um, female mothers um, in ministry. <laughs> As opposed to other mothers. <laughs> yeah, I was just trying to, you know, take my time slowly on that one, but it kind of got me. Um, yes, to mothers in ministry, uh, in some ways I feel very supported as a mother in ministry, being kind of, I don't think I've had, uh, I guess, my lowest point in officership where I actually was like, I need to um, either step out of this for a few years or quit was when Mackenzie was um, six weeks old. Um, that's my second child. And... Um, I remember sitting on the couch because uh, it's changed in the last couple of years, but then it was six weeks leave, maternity leave. And I remember sitting on the couch the day she was six weeks old and Matt had gone wherever. He was doing some sort of something somewhere. And I had Samuel at home. I had this baby in my arms. And between feeding them and trying to, you know, change nappies and do all that kind of stuff, it was like 10.30 in the morning and I thought, I haven't even eaten breakfast or showered, and I'm supposed to be working. Um, now there was no, there was no one, no DHQ one on the phone saying, you know, where are you today? Um, but it was on paper, and so it was in my mind. And that, and I really struggled for that first little bit. By the time number three came along, you're like, ah, I just can't, I just <laughs> yeah, can't. Right. and you don't Not care. Possible. Do it yourself. But, yeah, that's right. Sorry, it just won't get done. <laughs> but in, yeah, when number two came along, that was my hardest point because you can kind of do still a fair bit when you've got one child, but two, you want to do what you and you just can't. And number three, like I said, number three is easy because it's like, yeah, you don't even care. Um, but in that, I guess it was, it's like I said, there's not. I guess it's not spoken. It's there's not pressure about what you need to do, and you need to be doing these hours, and you need to. I've, well, I've never felt that pressure, at least. But at the same time, um, you are wanting to do a job, but you're kind of. So it's, it's it's I guess it's this hard thing. It's like you're you've, you're kind of allowed to do some of these things, but then there's other expectations which are a bit weird. I guess you know you oh well you've got to be here on this day at this meeting for this training. 
but you can't bring a child. You're like, well, I have a child on this day. And if you're calling us both to be there, that's just not. It's not going to work. So there's, I guess, a weirdness. So, And I think maybe the same thing about this, you know, this idea of leadership. It's like, oh, women are, yep, we, we recognise our female uh, leaders. Um, we recognise our male leaders. But for some reason, you know, I guess people would say that. And I, like I said, I've never felt necessary, oh, maybe one or twi- once or twice, but whether that was because I was a woman or just a position, I don't know. But yeah, I don't, I don't think we, we actually treat, I don't think we live it out. I don't think we look at our, at, at just leaders. I think it is gender defined and, and in some ways we've got a long way to go there. Having said that, and I'm not disagreeing what we're saying, but there is this now with the new Australia One stuff around yep. gender equality and hopefully there'll be a lot of stuff that comes out mm. about that. Look, our time's nearly finished, but I do want to ask you each one more question around um, what would you say to a mum considering ministry now, um, wherever they may be, whatever they're currently doing? So it's a two-pronged question. What would you say to a mum considering ministry? And secondly, how do you just sustain yourself each day um, in the, I was going to say the chaos. I don't mean that in a derogatory way. Just like, you just don't know what it's going to be like every day. And, you know, I see it and um, <laughs> I avoid it as much as I can, and like like all the other guys. Um, but they're the two things, I think, to finish on an encouraging word. I mean, it's been a really great conversation. It's been really helpful. And I think it's a lot of insight. But what would you say to people considering listening to the podcast, thinking about maybe, you know, God is calling me. Maybe I, if I am this and I think I couldn't do that, maybe God could use me. Um, what would you say to them? I think um, for me, my, my marriage um, is intrinsically linked to my calling. Um, I always told God, I didn't tell anyone else, but I always told God that if he wanted me to be an officer, he'd have to provide the husband for me to do that with because I wasn't going to do that by myself. And so he did, of course. Um, and and so in that hour, I guess for Matt and I, we, we really, um, I guess that's the way we were called into it and that's the way it's always been a priority for us. So for he and I, we really share that responsibility. So for a mum in ministry, um, I guess the question is where – what does that, what do you, what will you think that might look like maybe, you know, is, are you going to kind of be the one who's just going to take care of the kids? I don't mean just, but is that going to be kind of more your responsibility or is it going to be kind of shared 50-50 or is it going to be um, more your husband's responsibility and you're going to take on the main role? Um, there, there's some good things to maybe think through and discuss um, with your husband if you're going in together, if it's so, single spouse, I'm not so sure. I haven't, I can't, I haven't experienced that. Um, but if you're going to do that together, that may be one thing to think about how that's actually going to look and how you guys will work that together. Um, yeah, that's just one thing. I think yeah, communication with everyone, I think, is one major key. Like with your husband, with with your DCs, with your like, what you know, what what am I able to do with like with your people? Where am I actually? What days am I going to be in? These days are when I'm going to be there. These when am I available to this? When am I going to be with the children? As much as possible, having that open dialogue, I think, so that you feel like you're actually contributing, um, and that you're also being heard in in 
thing so that you don't get lost with your kids because, oh, well, it's just expected on me to, to take this role. Well, it doesn't have to be like that. And so I think communication is is major thing. But secondly, just to be kind to yourself and actually, you know, it's so often our own pressures that actually cause more of our stress, I think, than anything else. Um, so, you know, be kind to yourself and accept that, you know, that it is a life calling, that the whole of our life is, is ministry and that we, um, it doesn't have to, we don't have to feel like lesser officers because we've got kids and we're, we're the ones that stay at home. So it's just different. So, yeah. uh, In terms of calling, I think if God's calling you into ministry that um, it, it's worth your time and effort to try to to negotiate the hurdles to get past mm, them, yeah. um, that the <coughs> the gold that is to be mined on the other side of, of getting past all that is mm. so much more worth than the, the short-term pain and getting it worked out. Um, and I think that for your for your own family, um, there's so much to be gained in ministry that um, to to deny yourselves that by holding yourselves back, I don't think is is ever worth it. You, you just need to to go with that calling God's given you and and seek it, seek it, seek out the solutions to every problem that you come across. Yeah, I guess mine would be similar uh, to Joe that um, my advice would probably be the same for someone who's not a mum but exploring calling that you know. Um, yeah, that if it's a calling on your life, you know, you need to explore that in its own right, um, apart from being a mum. But I think, um, yeah, being a parent, you know, naturally your first in- instinct is to kind of think, well, ha- well how is this going to impact my kids? How is it, you know, what's that going to look like? So that I'm not saying to ignore those questions, but um, I think if there is that calling, you know, you, you kind of deal with that first in some senses. But um, yeah, I guess my advice or my words to, to somewhat to a mum considering ministry would be it doesn't, you know, it's, I often say this to, you know, people who are expecting their first child and I, I say motherhood is um, harder than you think it's going to be, but it's better than you think it's going to be. And I would probably say the same about ministry. Like it's, it in some ways it's harder than you think it will, will be, but it it's it's better at times than you think it will be. But um yeah, you don't don't let the f- the fact that you've got kids and that you be a negative. Let it be a positive, and, and it will bring it, you know it'll bring a lot of richness to ministry and to life. Like I think ministry and family feed each other. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Joe, Fiona, Claire, Lauren, um, helping us explore today um, what it is to be a mum in ministry. Thanks for joining us for more about Officership. You can join the conversation at facebook.com forward slash SA Candidates Australia. If you want to explore Officership further, please speak to your local core officer or candidate secretary. The Salvation Army needs more leaders. Is God asking for more of you?